talking about mining tonight, and uh, we're talking about what we hope is some good news, which is that um, the Canadian government announced uh, that we will now be having a mining ombudsperson. And tonight, to understand what that is and how that works, we w- we're joined on the phone from Ottawa with Catherine Cummins from uh, Mining Watch Canada. Catherine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Well, Catherine, I really think that probably the best way to start the show is to congratulate you because you have been, along with others, fighting for more than 10 years for the creation of a mining ombudsperson. So Very true, but like you said, it was definitely a collaborative effort. Um, and in particular, um, there's a really big network of um, organizations right across Canada Um, And we're all gathered together in something called the Canadian Network on Corporate Accountability. And um, that's where we, that was our our group that we fought with. Yes, and certainly here on Amandla, we have visited and revisited this over the years. And we're aware of the amount of work and commitment that has gone into this. So let's start by maybe you telling us about this position as incarnated by what the government has announced. So what does it look like as announced by the Trudeau government? Okay, so what I'm going to tell you is, you know, to the best of what we understand at the moment, um, the office has not yet got something called an order in council mandate, which is the formal um, mandate for the office uh, where everything is nailed down. So what we have at the moment is a whole bunch of commitments. So I'm happy to sort of say what those are. The office is going to be called the Canadian Ombudsperson for Responsible Enterprise, Mm -hmm. which is a very awkward kind of thing, but it has a nice nice acronym core. Oh, that's true. That's good. I hadn't realized that, but that is good. Okay. Well, sometimes when you hear an awkward name like that, you think, why is that so awkward? And Mm -hmm. then you realize it's a good acronym. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Canadian Ombudsperson for Responsible Enterprise. And so the other thing to say right off the bat is that the mining industry, in particular, was very, even very public about the fact that they did not want to be singled out. Hmm. And they wanted other sectors to be included. And so the sectors that will be included in the first instance are mining, oil, gas, and the garment industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, the textile industry. I don't have a problem um, with that. No, I don't think any, anyone does. We were very surprised they were willing to jump on board, but they, um, they did. And so now mining is not alone. But, of course, the focus for the last 10 years has been on mm-hmm. the really egregious practices by Canadian mining companies overseas. So I'm going to run down through some of the things that this body, this new ombudsperson, is supposed to be able to do. Okay, good. So the body is supposed to be able to independently investigate complaints. So complaints would come in from people affected by these sectors I just mentioned in their operations overseas in particular. Um, The ombudsperson would be able to independently investigate these complaints, would report out publicly um, regularly throughout the investigation on findings. Um, if the ombudsperson uh, comes to the conclusion that harm was in fact done, it will recommend remedy and it will monitor the implementation of that remedy. The ombudsperson, according to the Government of Canada's um, website, where there's a Q&A, so I think that's very useful and maybe we want to get some screenshots of this, mm-hmm. um, 
also says that it ensures that there will be tools of compelling documents and compelling witnesses mm. for this ombudsperson. So the ombudsperson, when they're doing their investigation, will be able to compel documents from the company and compel witnesses. Sounds, um, sounds pretty... One more thing I okay, think I'll throw ahead. in there. Yeah. <laughs> one, one last thing is that if, if at any time throughout the process and or at the end the ombudsperson decides it's necessary, it, the ombudsperson can also recommend to the Government of Canada to uh, sanction a company by withdrawing financial and political support to that company. Okay, so this sounds pretty good. Um, and it seems to me that for the last 10 or 12 or 13 years, this is what uh, organizations like yours, Mining Watch Canada, have been asking for. Is there any discrepancy between what you've been pushing for and what the government just announced? There isn't on paper. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very close to what we've always wanted. Um, there's a few things we're going to be watching very closely. We want to make sure that the independence of the office is guaranteed so that the ombudsperson can do their in investigations independent from government um, or interference and would have the discretion to compel documents and, and um, witnesses um, when necessary. We also are going to be really watching to make sure that this office is um, is properly resourced. Mm -hmm. They will have the resources it needs to really carry out this huge, huge mandate that it has. We're also going to be really watching how the sanctioning part happens, um, because we want it to be that if the ombudsperson um, finds that the company is either not participating um, in goodwill, with goodwill or good faith in the, in the process, or um, has, you know, contributed to, to egregious harm, that the uh, ombudsperson would be able to, um, well, it, the, the language now is recommend to the government to with, withdraw financial and political support, but we would like to see that that um, part is strengthened, that the government of Canada would in fact be expected to withdraw financial and political support, and that if um, the agencies that would be required to withdraw the support for any reason did not want to do that or <clears throat> or were not, you know, had a, had a question that, that they would have to, in fact, um, argue why they should not do it. Mm -hmm. So basically, in a nutshell, what you're looking for is that there's a budget there for the, for a, a full staff that can do this and that there's teeth. So I'm yep. gathering that at this point we don't know this, these details? The, the, you know, the, the old saying, right? The mm -hmm. devil. The, yep. <laughs> the language we wanted, we've got. So the language around, you know, so if you look at the, the Q&A that's on the website, the government's website, it, it says that the government will ensure the, the power to, rec to compel documents and witnesses, which is really important. Um, but how is that going to happen exactly? Mm -hmm. um, the, we have the language around independence, that the office will be independent. This is in the press release that the government put out. Um, also that it will be able to independently investigate. The industry very much wanted all investigations to be joint, joint mm -hmm. fact-finding, they called it. But... Um, the ombudsperson may decide to go that route if the parties both agree. But if, for example, the people who are bringing the complaint do not want to be part of a joint uh, joint fact-finding sort of exercise, they can 
uh, the, the ombudsperson can go ahead and independently investigate. So a lot of the language we're, we wanted is there, and we're going to be looking at how that um, gets you know, put into the order and council mandate so that the ombudsperson is properly empowered. Mm -hmm. So what's the timeline in terms of knowing what the nuts and bolts of this are going to actually look like? That we're not so sure about at the moment. Um, The next step is there has to be an order and council mandate and there has to be a hiring process, which again, we've been ensured will be um, very independent. Mm -hmm. But we don't have timelines on that yet. Mm -hmm. We've just what we're getting from the government of Canada is as soon as possible, and that they want this up and running quickly. Um, they're also talking about even within the year or by the end of one year to be adding other sectors. Um, so, you know, it's interesting if they're thinking about adding other sectors. I guess that's from within a year of when the ombudsperson is up and running. So okay. I guess that, yeah, we don't know when that's going to be. Okay. So let's um, let's sort of look at what this would look like theoretically. So, for example, recently on Amandla, we've been focusing a lot on Nevson in um, Eritrea, Eritrea, the use of mm-hmm. conscript labor. We now know that this is wending its way through the courts in British Columbia, which is certainly was a very good piece of news to see mm-hmm. that uh, people on the ground in Eritrea were able to push this through courts in Canada. So we're excited about that. But but um, now we have an ombudsperson. So, you know, theoretically, what's what does how does that change the landscape for people who are pressing claims from Africa or Latin America or anywhere else in the world um, against cases of abuse by Canadian mining companies? Like, did, so I guess more specifically, will it require will people directly from Eritrea, for instance, be able to approach the ombudsperson, or will it require a Canadian intermediary? No, they can file their complaints directly, so that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in many cases, I think it may make sense to participate through, for example, if the labor issue through a union in Canada. Um, or if it's a, a human rights issue through maybe human rights experts, um, to have that kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary. They mm-hmm. can file a complaint directly. Um, so that's important. The question of how this will complement the legal system is important. Yeah. Um, when we started this struggle to create an ombudsperson with these sorts of powers a little over 10 years ago now, There was not a single case that had been brought successfully against a Canadian mining company in Canada. Right, this is very recent, yeah. Yeah, the landscape was very different a little over 10 years ago, and um, we really didn't see that that was going to change. So we've really been pushing for this ombudsperson. Now we do have about five cases Mm -hmm. that are going ahead at different stages um, in the courts in both Ontario and British Columbia against Canadian mining companies. But that's still not very many, and we don't really know what the outcome is going mm-hmm. to be. And it's all of those have been extremely difficult to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very expensive. There's only really, you know, a number, a handful or of law firms in Canada that are not what we call conflicted out by having worked for the mining industry or wanting to work for the mining industry going forward. So 
There's not that many lawyers. It's very, very expensive. These are complicated cases. The the issues are overseas. The plaintiffs are almost always um, impoverished. Uh, so we can't imagine that all the issues that are going on around Canadian mining companies around the world will all be able to find their way into courts in Canada. And nor so, would it be necessarily desirable. I mean, that's always been right. one of the arguments here in talking about these cases is that these should be political issues, not necessarily legal issues. Mm. That's a good point. And, and I mean, that that is a good point. So number one, there has to be another place where people can bring their mm-hmm. complaints. But number two... The, another function of the ombudsperson, which is not a function of the courts, but is a function of the ombudsperson, would be to actually make recommendations to the government of Canada around le- legislation and policies. Mm-hmm. So based on the kinds of cases that the ombudsperson receives or the ombudsperson's independent investigation, because the ombudsperson can also decide on, on his or her own to start looking into something. If, if the ombudsperson feels that there's an issue somewhere, they, they can start their own investigation. And so they will not only be a mechanism for hearing complaints and recommending remedy and sanction for companies that are not um, cl- cl- collaborative in this process, but they can also make um, recommendations to the government of Canada to change legislation or create new policies to deal with the issues around business and human rights mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess that's why I find this a really exciting development because it puts it back in the realm of politics and potential structural change that can prevent this in the future. Yeah, that's very much what we hope. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot still to be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is very much a first step. Um, there are really important changes that we would like to see in regulations and policies in Canada that would have um, really sweeping consequences for how corporations do business overseas. And so, you know, we're really hoping that this new ombudsperson and something called the Multi-Stakeholder Advisory Board, which the government also created on the same day, um, will contribute to moving us in that direction. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples of the kinds of changes that you are looking forward to under this new structure, ideally? Yeah. So one of the reasons we were talking before about uh, going to court and court cases, and one of the reasons why that's very difficult is because companies will set up subsidiaries where they're operating. And then when there's a legal problem, they will claim that they are separate corporate entities. So the parent company Mm -hmm. has no responsibility for what the subsidiary does um, where it's operating. Right, which would be the case with Nebson in uh, in Eritrea, where it's all about, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, subcontractors who are using conscript labor and that they're not responsible for that. Right. And, And we really want to break that down. This is what they call the corporate veil. And this is a corporate structure that's you know, been allowed for, for a very, very long time, but it does mean that the parent can avoid responsibility mm-hmm. for the harm that's being done by the subsidiaries that they very deliberately set up mm-hmm. for that purpose of, of avoiding responsibility and accountability. And so to have legislation which would hold the parent company responsible, legally responsible for the actions of its subsidiaries or contractors would be significant. And that, I think, is one of the things we're going to be pushing for. Mm -hmm. 
Catherine, is there are there examples anywhere else in the world precedents where we see a um, mining ombudsperson that that has been able to affect this kind of change? No, um, that is what's kind of interesting about this. And in all the years we've been fighting for this, one of the problems we were running into, particularly, you know, don't forget, a lot of these ten years we had a Harper government. Um, was, you know, well, why should Canada create this? We'd be the first in the world, and we don't want to be at a disadvantage, you know, corporate or, yeah, sort of competitive disadvantage for our corporations vis-a-vis other corporations. Um, But uh, this government has actually quite proudly announced that this is a first in the world, and, and in fact it is. We don't know of any other example. Do you think this government has the gumption to see it through? You know what? I think that's going to have a lot to do with people like you and me mm-hmm. and your listeners um, to hold their feet to the fire. Um, it, there is a website where a lot of the, the things that I was just talking about, a lot of the commitments that I was just talking about can be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have to make sure that they don't backtrack in the actual creation of the ordering council mandate and, and the creation of the, of the office. Okay. So how do our listeners follow up on this and uh, lend their voices to this? Well, for one thing, maybe go and take a look at this website. Um, I'm trying to see how, what's the quickest way to get there. It's actually not that easy. Um, if they just Google ombudsperson, mining, Government of Canada, I think they will get to the okay. website. And there's, they can see the Q&A, and if they look at the Q&A, they'll see what it is the Government of Canada has committed to. And I think, you know, if they, they can certainly follow through by looking at the Mining Watch Canada website or the Canadian Network on Corporate Accountability website, we will continue to be posting information on this um, as, it, as it moves ahead. Okay, very good. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us again on Amandland. Clearly, this is a work in progress, so we will keep in touch and follow this closely. Thank you very much for your interest. Okay, good night. Bye-bye.